Hey, Jeff. I know we uh, we took a two-week break, but here we are back on track again. How you been? <laughs> it's, been uh, it's been good to have some time off. Work's been really busy, but uh, excited to talk about uh, the future of streaming. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we can start off with what streaming services do you use? Uh, you know, funny you ask. So I actually don't pay for anything. Um, but let's just say there are people in my life that have access to Netflix. So yeah, basically my, my parents have Netflix. So I uh, participate in using that. Um, and then I guess I get Hulu with, um, with Spotify. So it's, you know, that's kind of nice. Um, and then uh, my girlfriend has Disney plus, so we'll have that as well, but you know, streaming, streaming. What about you? It, I, I feel like Netflix is the big one. Otherwise I feel like I lost Hulu after my Spotify student account ran out. I occasionally pay for HBO max when a good show comes on like Watchmen or Westworld. So it's more of like an interpayment, uh, intermittent payment. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, other, otherwise, I, I, I want to watch Disney Plus, but I haven't found like a plug for that yet. And I'm not sure if I'm ready to foot the bill, but there's a lot of good shows on there. Yeah. Do you think a lot of people do this like intermittent payment strategy, right? Where like a new show comes out with like a new season, you pay for like that month or that two months or whatever. And then, you know, you don't need it the rest of the year. I would think so. I mean, that's what makes sense to me. And that's why I do it. And yeah. I mean, I, I'd expect it to, right? Because I think rarely does anyone have just a ton of shows on a certain streaming platform that they love to watch. I mean, maybe, you know, if you have sort of very high rerun or rewatch level shows like 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 The Office or <laughs> anything else people love, then yeah, maybe. So so Netflix has got it there. But oh wait, actually The Office is off Netflix now, right? Yeah, I mean Netflix used to be like that, right? Like everyone was like, oh, I've got Netflix because you know I just like binge The Office or like I you know watch Parks and Rec or something like that. Um, but I think a lot of these shows are leaving, right? They're going to other platforms. You know, NBC has their own platform now. So you know, I wonder. I, I don't actually don't know. I haven't asked a lot of my friends. You know, are they still paying for Netflix? Um, but my parents are. Yeah. So I think you bring up a very interesting point and probably a central topic for today is the evolution of streaming platforms in the past five to 10 years. So I feel like when streaming first sort of became big, it was Netflix that really was the driving force behind that, right? Yeah. They were the ones who aggregated all these different channels and put them onto their platform. So you can find HBO shows on there, NBC shows, BBC, you name it. But in recent years, especially people picked up on the Netflix model and were like, oh, this is sweet. We got to do this on ourselves, right? Yeah. So now you have actually a de-aggregating or debundling of streaming platforms again, where Netflix has more and more of its own produced content than aggregating other people's. And you have a new streaming platform popping up every other day. Like you mentioned, NBC has their own. There's, there's Peacock there's paramount there's disney there's hulu hbo and i'm sure in the next three years you're going to see every other channel have their own streaming platform yeah i mean that's been an interesting trend uh recently to see um and it's you know it's it's 
particularly unusual because like, you know, this is the kind of industry where there's like really high barriers to entry, you know, like you've got to have a good amount of content just to bring people, even like the first users over. Um, an interesting example is Peacock, right? They, they essentially were like, we have the office, you know, so NBC obviously has a lot of other IP, but they were like, like guys, 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 we have the office. We're going to have all these like extra content related to the office. And that's how we're going to sell this thing to you. Um, which is pretty crazy, you know? Uh, it's just like really hard to break into these, this industry, um, which I think kind of explains what's going on. You know, all of these, all these new players are in reality really just larger media companies kind of shifting focus, right? Like, you know, Comcast owns NBC, which owns Peacock, right? Or like Hulu was acquired by Disney. And now, you know, Disney's also launching Disney Plus, you know, at the end of the day, right? Still Disney, you know, Comcast, YouTube, right? All these like big players, you, I mean, they are debundling, right? Moving us all to all these different platforms. But at the end of the day, it's still the same companies, um, which is which makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I think you bring up an interesting point of whether the content strategies for a lot of these channels is what you said around anchoring around two or three key shows, and that's the extent of of of, of their ecosystem. You know, maybe even for HBO, you can argue that. Game of Thrones is is the key show there, right? And so people uh, come to HBO oh, yeah, totally. initially to watch Game of Thrones and everything else is sort of extra. Netflix, I think, is special in that since they're the first player, they have such a plethora of content that I, I actually can't pinpoint one or two anchor yeah. shows, if you'd call it. Yeah. Um, but with, with the other channels that you mentioned, that's that's definitely true. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's really interesting because uh, one of my one of my good friends says the only reason he pays for Disney Plus is to catch all of these new Marvel shows, right? And you know the way Marvel Studios is doing it, they they you know release the shows back to back to back, or like you know this way, like you can't like unsubscribe, right? Because then you're missing content. You know, there's that fear of missing out, uh, which is which is kind of <laughs> kind of off putting. Uh, but you're right on Netflix, right? There's not like one show that people think about, you know, some people said like, oh, when the office leaves Netflix, I'm going to stop paying for it. Um, you know, that, that might be true. Uh, to be honest, I'm not really sure. But there, yeah, there's just not one particular topic right now. Yeah, I think one interesting aspect that these streaming platforms bring to the table is the importance of software and user experience mm-hmm. in how well a particular uh, channel myself, myself, right? So how important do you think that is to the, to, to whether people buy Peacock or buy Netflix or not? I mean, in, in my personal opinion, I think Netflix still has a superior user experience compared to a lot of these other platforms, but is that important? Like, do people pay Netflix because Netflix is faster or just nicer to browse? Like how important is a software component of this? Yeah. So first off, you know, I think this, this user experience thing is like absolutely important, right? It's like the, the fact that it, it totally determines like, oh, like, do I enjoy like even finding new shows? You know, it's like, oh, the number one trending show is this. And like, if I watch this, you know, my friends are going to be watching this and then we could talk about it. Right. That's, that's like a pretty nice thing. Uh, the, the part that I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about, you know, which much I would say also give net gives Netflix an edge and, you know, I think this is what I would think about first is just like, when you think about Netflix, you think about like a diversity of content, you know, like if I watch like a sci-fi show, 
with mystery elements. Sometimes it'll start like pushing mystery related shows to me, even though I'm like, oh, like, you know, I picked the show because it was sci-fi, right? And they've got like a pretty strong recommendation algorithm. Uh, whereas, you know, I'm on Disney Plus, you know, I watch, you know, that same movie, right? It's, or, you know, a different movie. I watch a Star Wars movie, right? You know, at the end of the day, they, their IP is just like a little bit less diverse. You know, I watched that Star Wars movie. They're like, here's more Star Wars TV shows for you. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's still a pretty big advantage that Netflix has for the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think by far Netflix probably has the best engineering talent out of all of these different companies and yeah, shows. I mean, <laughs> I mean their, their salaries are insane. Um, I was so, going to say, yeah. yeah. They don't even hire junior engineers. You know, they're looking for the best talent in, you know, in, in California. They're like, okay, what we're only looking for like the top, top senior engineers. And we're going to pay you like, you know, half a million dollars a year, uh, which is pretty cool. <laughs> for sure. Which is why some people consider Netflix a tech company, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, they're the end of Fang, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Which is weird because I think from a business model perspective, Netflix isn't really a tech company. They're at the end of the day, a production company, right? Mm -hmm. And more and more so, uh, as I said before, more and more of their content is Netflix produced, uh, Netflix yeah. funded. And that's where most of their money goes to is production of new shows, new movies, new content. And that's sort of their customer acquisition costs too, is how do I get new users onto my platform? Well, it's the enticement of good content. Mm -hmm. So Netflix is actually much more similar to old Hollywood uh, companies or, or television companies of old, um, but they're in this tech yeah. category because of this new distribution channel of streaming platforms, right? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty remarkable, right? Like started out being a super operationally heavy company. You, know, you got to send these like little CDs off to all these different addresses across the US. And then, you know, I became, oh, well now, now we're a big software company, right? We've got to host all of this like on-demand video at the same time uh, without our servers going down. And then, you know, now we've evolved to the point where Netflix is like, okay, we've got Stranger Things. We've got, uh, I don't watch a lot of Netflix shows, but we've got other Netflix produced shows and we're, you know, we're trying to ship that out now. Uh, so it's, de it's definitely a big change in, uh, in uh, operating style. So I think what's interesting now is that when some of the largest companies with streaming platforms are Apple, Amazon, <laughs> you know, you, you go to the Emmys and you realize that all the big production companies, there are actually tech companies. So tech is becoming <laughs> the new Hollywood yeah, that's uh, it's I, I gotta say I wouldn't have seen that coming from you know a few years ago, but you know like we talked about in our last po last podcast, right? A lot of these big tech companies are getting involved in so many different uh, so many different industries, and it's you know it's both exciting, but also a little bit like you know what is what is Amazon not doing? Um, but I gotta say they have this new uh, new show out that I heard was really good. Uh, what's it called? Invincible. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based on a comic. I, I heard it's pretty brutal, but yeah. I want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, something that I was thinking about. Um, so a lot of these shows do like, uh, you know, like the Netflix model, you've got this like paid subscription, right? Um, you know, I pay X amount each month. And like, you know, obviously I can probably pay for a more premium version of that service and things like that. Um, but with, you know, some other places, right? You've got YouTube, like with ads, Hulu with ads, right? 
What's, uh, what do you think is like the best way to actually sell this uh, product? Because, you know, we're seeing Netflix, right, slowly increase their prices and people are complaining and saying they'll leave Netflix, right? But does the ad-based approach any better? I personally don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I really enjoy the fact that with Netflix and even HBO Max, for example, I pay my subscription and I don't have to care about ads and I can enjoy the full experience without interruption, right? Yeah. I hated Hulu, even though I had that <laughs> free with Spotify, was the fact that every two minutes you got ads. I mean, one of the selling points of streaming channels in the first place was that you didn't have to care about ads like you would in on yeah. a traditional TV, right? Yeah. Um, so subscription is a way to go just think about spotify right you can listen to spotify for free but you have to deal with ads but 50 percent <laughs> right. of their user base still decides to buy spotify because it's a it's a big selling point of not having to deal with that uh, so yeah. I, I still think the netflix model works um and this is pretty evident with hulu versus netflix who has one out in 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 the end, right? Hulu had to yeah. be bought out by Disney. They're not doing too great, in my opinion, um, even yeah. though both were pretty early on to the streaming platform game. Yeah, um, I was thinking about like the last time I watched, you know, TV, TV, and it was, you know, March Madness. And I remember thinking while I was watching that game, oh my gosh, like this game is supposed to be like, what? Uh, total game time is like maybe 40 minutes, but like, it feels like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it takes like two hours. It actually takes two hours because there's so many ads, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah. I, well, I, I guess with sports games is different, right? Cause you want to watch it live and yeah, you'd be no dumb not to monetize like the break times that's literally built in there for, for commercials and for ads. Yeah. So. There's, there's no way out of that. Um, but you know, something I was thinking about, you know, what's, uh, what's coming up next, you know, with COVID, right? A lot of people were stuck at home and streaming services did really well. Uh, but, but what comes next, right? With AMC, you know, starting to open up theaters again, and like all these new movies lined up and Marvel straight up said they were releasing like four movies in a six month span. You know, what's going to happen to all these streaming services? I mean, I don't think the shift to streaming is going to go away. And if you even look at movies, I think the hybrid model of releasing movies in both theaters and on platform is the way to go. And I think the reason why is because, you know, they don't want to drive away the experience of watching a movie in a movie theater, but companies like Disney also realize most of the money might actually be in streaming. Yeah. So movie theaters is more of a luxury in the future or you go there for the experience and less so the movie, right? Yeah. It's two different things. It's like, one is like, I want, I want to go to the movie theater. And then two mm. is just, I want to watch the content, which in case you really can just sit at home on your couch on Disney plus. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I guess so. I mean, I'm thinking about the last time I went to a movie theater. I, actually can't remember when that was now that I think about it <laughs> but uh I would say like the most memorable you know experience I had recently watching a movie in a movie theater like uh was the the newest Avengers movie right like people were clapping and it was like a pretty crazy experience because it was you know a big buildup of all this like Marvel uh Marvel content right that that to me is what I think about when I think like movie theater experience you know it's like wow 
being in that moment with all these other people enjoying that experience. Um, but maybe, maybe that's a bit of a luxury, right? Yeah, I, I definitely still go to the movie theater for certain movies. I think you made a good point with Avengers Endgame. That's like a hype event that you cannot miss. Oh, it was crazy. Right? <laughs> um, but even for certain movies where special effects might be a really big part, uh, my go-to is always Interstellar. Then you got to be at an IMAX theater with that whole surround sound 3D experience to really feel wowed by the experience <laughs> of the movie. Yo, speaking of Interstellar, that's a uh, Christopher Nolan, right? It is. Did yeah, you watch this watch new it. movie? <laughs> yeah, I just like I watched this new movie at home. Literally, like I could not hear like a lot of the dialogue, and it was just like it was a very painful experience. Oh man, I heard it got memed so hard <laughs> with its convoluted plot and bad lighting. Yeah, it was just like hard to see, hard to understand, and it's like a time travel movie. You know, you gotta explain that, and you know, I'm sure they explained it. I just like couldn't hear. It. So. Yeah, I, I think he definitely went too far. Like he he Christopher Nolan his own movie, you know. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been cool to see in theaters though. Yeah, um, but to 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 bring back the point of the the future of streaming. So mm-hmm. one thing that I think is interesting is that one of the attractive points about Netflix in the beginning was that you pay ten dollars a month for a lot of the content you care about, and this was what made it more attractive than uh, cable TV, right? Yeah. And cable TV is actually pretty expensive. And yeah. so Netflix was this one-stop shop for everything you want to watch and for much cheaper as well. But now with this uh, de-aggregation of streaming platforms, if you want to get the whole breadth of content out there, you have to pay for Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV, Disney+, HBO Max, the list goes on, right? So now mm-hmm. it's actually yeah. very, very expensive to watch all of the good shows that are out there. So yeah. my prediction or my thought is, are there going to be meta bundlers in the future? Uh, you know, partnerships or just <laughs> other companies that bundle streaming platforms together. So say like there's a company that just takes like the best of Netflix and the best of Hulu and the best of Disney Plus together. Um, and that's what you're going to get in, in the future. These, this, this meta aggregation of streaming platforms. That's uh, I mean, that's really interesting. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Does it, it seems like that would make sense. You know, we're trending in that direction, right? Like I personally wouldn't pay, you know, whatever it is, like a hundred dollars a month to get all of these streaming services, you know, even if all the main ones together, right. And there's what, four, four or five of them or so. Right, that's still like pretty expensive for the average user. So I, I could see uh, people wanting to look for shortcuts, you know? Yeah, I mean, how much would you pay for, like what is your willingness to pay for all these streaming platforms? How much would you pay for at any given time? Like 30 bucks, 20 bucks? Hmm, I feel like I'd be most likely to pay for something like Netflix, right? It just has like the most content, um, whereas you know, Peacock, I probably wouldn't pay for it at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that is what I'm doing right now. I'm not, I'm not you know, using Peacock. Um, but for a lot of the more, you know, for Disney Plus, for Amazon Prime, or yeah, like Amazon Prime, you know, like $10 a month, right? And I think everyone's threshold for what they're willing to pay for each of these platforms is different. You know, the people who are into like Disney shows are going to pay a little bit more for Disney Plus, right? You're paying that premium. Um, but at the end of the day, like, 
there there's very few people who are going to be paying for all of them yeah uh, for all of them always right (laughs) unless you really love content but (laughs) it, it, it makes me think you know when you mentioned you wouldn't really pay for peacock is is this streaming platform market sort of a winner takes all market where the more money you have as a production company the more likely you're just going to take more market share right because it, it, it's a known fact that because amazon apple and netflix have stupid amounts of money they're just going to be able to make higher quality shows and hire better quality actors and that's just going to drive usage right like how is peacock ever going to compete with that yeah that's that's an interesting point um what what i think about is you know netflix you know, it's, it's a huge production company, right? But they're still losing market share pretty steadily every year just because, like, you know, when, when Amazon enters the market, they're like, okay, well, we've got the backing of Jeff Bezos, and now we can, you know, we can build whatever show we want. Uh, you know, when Disney enters the market, you know, even though Netflix, I think, from what I was, you know, the, the industry is growing, so the revenue is still growing. Uh, you know, they're just losing market share, right? They can't compete. Um, I don't know about Peacock in particular because they're owned by Comcast, so, they, you know, they've got the resources, um, but you know, I, I guess I don't have an example in my head for like a sw- smaller service right now that wouldn't be able to keep up. You know, when everything I'm thinking about right now is like, oh, these are big production companies. You know, they'll be okay if they keep rolling out content. And they got cash to burn. If you're Amazon <laughs> or Apple, you just again yeah. you, you have stupid amounts of cash. And so, if you really wanted to build out content, you immediately can, right? Apple TV kind yeah. of came out of nowhere. Like that wasn't an announcement anyone was really expecting, I think, you know, last year or the year before. But they can immediately roll out huge shows with uh, Liste actors like Jason Momoa because they just have cash. They can hire directors and hire <laughs> actors. <laughs> so actually thinking about smaller, uh, smaller content producers, Twitch is a really interesting um model that has seen a lot of success you know during COVID, they got like something like 30 percent more more users um but a lot of the producers uh, content producers on twitch you know they they have almost no viewers at all you know so how does you know i, I wonder how something like that compares to something like netflix or or amazon prime man that's a whole nother market i think that's yeah. a live streaming versus streaming existing content right i think yeah. I think Twitch is building on, you know, sort of the future of maybe personal content creation in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a model that's already been played out in other countries. Like in China, live streaming is the way to go to get ad revenue and whatnot. You, yeah. you, you got apps like TikTok originated in China, right? And then in, mm-hmm. in, in the mainland, there's also another TikTok competitor called uh, Kuaishou. And so their, their entire model is similar to Twitch. It's like you make content and people can give you donations and whatnot to support your, 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 your content creation. Um, and I think this is the direction that YouTube wants to go to as a, as a future yeah. expansion as well to become a Twitch competitor. Um, but very interesting space for sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe a few years down the line, we've got you know, VR content coming out or, you know, better HD devices or more mobile compatibility or personalized content. Um, so lots of exciting things in the future of streaming. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is 
you know, we, we had the episode about big tech monopolies. All of the companies <laughs> that we just mentioned are, are fan companies. You know, Twitch, <laughs> Twitch is owned by Amazon. YouTube is owned by Google. Yep. And you mentioned VR. That's Oculus. That's owned by Facebook. So, oh, man, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's always a relevant discussion. Oh, yeah, they've got all of our data now. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, with the new antitrust cases or ongoing antitrust cases, I don't know if you've been following the Apple case, but mm-hmm. you know, who knows? I, I, I don't think they'll break up Apple, but maybe they'll slap them with a few new legislation and they can't do a lot of things they used to. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe Google won't be making $55 billion in quarterly revenue in the future. Which is ridiculous. If you think about that, that's like <laughs> that's like annual revenue for most Fortune 100 companies, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that 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 is absurd. Uh, we'll see how Epic Game does, you know, in the ongoing trial. But yeah, I, yeah. I I I think they'll lose. But like, I think the message that Apple's an asshole will will come across, so people will be angry, and hopefully, there's new legislation that will be passed. You know, who knows, right? <laughs> People said the same thing about Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, but they're, they're still out there crushing it. <laughs> yeah, although I do think just listening to the new hearings, the government is a lot more prepared this time. I think they learned mm-hmm. from, you know, Oof. hearings in, in, in years past yeah. about how ridiculous they sounded. And they're like, oh, we should actually do our homework this time. And they have. And I, I really appreciate that, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, but... You know, that's a topic for another time. And maybe once uh, the, the trial, the hearing plays out, we'll, we'll, we'll make a follow-up. But for today, uh, thanks for joining me again, Jeff. Uh, it was a pleasure talking. And I think I learned a lot about your streaming preferences and thoughts. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. And excited for our next guest. We've got that coming up soon. For sure.